Welcome to the Cannabivarum Podcast, the Cannabis Truth Podcast. I speak the language of cannabis freely and uncensored while educating my audience on the safe use of this live plant therapy. You should know what's in your cannabis, what's good and what's not. It does not come with an FDA stamp of approval, yet. Using cannabis mindfully as medication is a different concept in Western healthcare philosophy, specifically of the past 100 years. There's a lot to learn and reconsider. The information you'll find here comes straight from the scientists and clinicians doing the work and reporting their findings in real time through various online outlets. The scientific truth of cannabis is finally getting out and is wide open for all to see at respected medical sites like PubMed.gov and JAMA, the Journal of American Medical Association. And I'm right there in the thick of it with all those titans of medicine as a fly on the wall. Because I'm not a doctor. I didn't go to med school. I took dozens of private cannabis courses offered by cannabis scientists online over the past few years and slowly began to understand the bigger picture. But I'm not a medical doctor or scientist. Oh, I can talk to one about cannabis and hopefully inspire more doctors and patients alike to research the facts as we know them today and decide alternative health paths for themselves. This is Honey Smith Walls, a 21st century cannabis shaman, not a doctor, not a scientist, just here to explain this great big story and the language of cannabis in its historical, political, and scientific terms, so you can make educated decisions about the medicine you choose to ingest. Hey, my friends. Won't you help me welcome another wonderful woman in weed, Miss Jennifer Brooks from Oklahoma. She's bridging the gap between doctors and patients who are cannabis naive with her knowledge of the plant. Let's jump right into it today and find out what's going on in Oklahoma. Hey, y'all know I'm from there, right? I'm a Tulsa girl. That's right. Hey there. Can you hear me now? Boy, do you sound great. Finally. Well, we've had a little escapade, just so our audience knows, of trying to get together. It's been Wi-Fi and probably carrier and probably headset and probably, you know, uh, the moon and Mercury. <laughs> probably. Where Where do you work, Jennifer? Who do well, you work for and with or what do you do? Tell us. Okay, I am a cannabis nurse. Um, I own my own business. I am working with patients. I, I work with physicians and dispensaries. Um, I have one dispensary in particular that I'm kind of working with right now. Um, just trying to help patients, you know, guide them on you know, where they need to start with cannabis to, to be effective. So can you kind of explain what the layout of Oklahoma cannabis looks like for a person who wants to start using it? What, what do they do? Well, of course, you'll have to go to your uh, physician. We don't have really um, a list of, 
of diagnosis that we follow, it's kind of at the discretion. I mean, we need to, you need to have a reason why, obviously, pain or whatever the symptom may be. Um, and then you but get they left card. that decision up to the doctor. Mm-hmm. Well, yep yeah, the the patient will go in and they'll do their their assessment and tell them, you know, this is what the symptoms are that I'm having and whether it's, you know, uh, mm-hmm. whether they're going to be eligible to be a patient, a good oh, candidate for yeah. cannabis. Whether it would benefit, yeah, benefit mm-hmm. to use cannabis. Well, what a novel idea, letting the doctor make that decision. Well, uh, we I have think we should make that decision. To be well, right. Well, you know, we have legislators in Florida that are trying to make that decision for the doctors. They're oh, trying well. to cap THC. They're trying to tell the patients how much medicine they can have. But they don't do that for Tylenol. They don't do that for opioids. They don't do that for, you know, a lot of other things. Absolutely. They let the, the doctor decide that. And so I've got a real uh, bone to pick with our legislators here in Florida over cannabis laws, although I'm grateful, you know, grateful that we've got something going on at least. So I I was really tickled when when Oklahoma turned over and that was just what, two years ago? Two years ago, I think. Um, Yeah, two, three. Yeah, two years ago. Um, Forgive me. I don't remember the date exactly. Nah, it doesn't matter because nobody cares. But, <laughs> but you know, well, nobody wants to uh, have to, uh, what do they call that? Uh, remember dates like we did in high school? History. Oh, I don't. I'm oh, terrible. my goodness. I'm the I worst. too. I can't remember my grandkids' oh, birthdays. Don't tell anybody. Don't say that. <laughs> well, I put it all down in my phone and live off of my calendar. So that's right. Um, you know, that's probably handicapped my memory too. Relying yeah, on you know the artificial intelligence to think for me. Well, I kind of do the same thing. So, but you know, that's what AI does. So uh, we either utilize it well or we don't. I guess. Well, I don't. I'm not the best, but I'm learning. I'm Me learning. too. I feel, you know, I'm kind of proud of myself for staying in the, you know, high end of technology. I'm, I, I like advancing in technology and, and it just reminds us we can't just, you know, stay still. We have That's to right. keep advancing. Evolving. Evolving. Yep. I love that. So when, when Oklahoma turned over, uh, Jennifer was, I, I thought it was for adult use. Am I wrong? Was it just for medical use? Just medical use. Oh, oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, then. Mm-hmm. And so who gets to dispense it? Well, we have dispensaries everywhere in Oklahoma. Everywhere. Isn't that interesting? Are they, are they all licensed by the state to be medical dispensaries of medical cannabis? Absolutely. Yes, we have um, the OMMA. And, you know, to be honest with you, there is so much going on. In, and I and I'm shame on me because I should be more involved. But there's so much talk back and forth. I mean, obviously, we have a program. Very proud to have a program, like you said. We're all learning. We're all creating this program. And um, there's a lot of people that are 
have a specific idea of how it should go and another group that has a specific idea of how it should go. I really focus on the patient because I'm a nurse. That's what nurses do. Right. We, we focus on that patient and, and that's where I've put a lot of my energy because to be honest with you, I, I don't know all of the, the ins and outs. The sausage making. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm not, I know I need to be more involved because I am an advocate, but I've been, a, you know, a little turned off with, you know, you get in this Facebook world and you see this and you see that. And I really don't know where I want to stand on some of some of the views. Right. So I just I focus on the patients and honing my skills as a cannabis nurse because right. that's who I'm here for. I'm for the patient and for people right. that want to learn to understand cannabis and how it can improve their lives. Right. And the science will point the direction that our views should be. Absolutely. Seen through the eyes the lens through which we should view cannabis and so I you know I'm so grateful that we have listen if I hadn't found audiobooks you know I've got this thing about reading my eyes instantly start tearing up and vision blurs and I start yawning it's the most ridiculous thing and this has happened to me since I was in a kid Mm-hmm. in school. And so reading has been very hard and, and, and often I get, you know, a little lexdixic about it all. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I found audible books, oh, it brought science into my world. And when I began understanding the science of cannabis, holy mother load of gold. It was like, I don't know, it just felt like eating chocolate cake every day for every meal. Oh, it's addictive. Once you start learning and you start kind of understanding a little more. And, you know, I went through multiple programs, multiple Mm -hmm. um, learning. Mm -hmm. Me too. Because because I just, you know, it's not that. Well, you couldn't go to just one place and get all the info. Yeah. You know, it's not like the universities have classes yet because they don't. Only a few, only a few, and they've just only opened up this this year. Yeah, and and many of them are like master degree level, and you know I'm just not there yet. Oh, but... I can't be there either. I don't have the. I don't have, you know, five six more years to invest in educating on one single subject. I've got to get out and and help other people see how this is going and let them pick their own niches. I think I found my niche in being a bridge, you know, bring you to my neighborhood and my neck of the woods and let my community see that there are nurses everywhere, even in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they've just only had cannabis for two years. We've had cannabis here uh, legally since 2015. So we're a little more advanced than you are in probably our legislation and all of that. But uh, that doesn't mean anything because we've still got a bunch of yahoos over here trying to, like I said, dictate a cap on THC. And they don't have any business doing that. That's purely corrupt. And I just call those bastards out when I see them. (laughs) You are a Tulsa girl. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. You couldn't have said anything sweeter to me. (laughs) I'm glad you took that as a compliment. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) But 
anyway, I, I didn't mean to get up on my soapbox because what you're doing, and I don't, I don't mean to say that everybody has to do what I'm doing either because what you're doing is really, really valuable and important. You're the bridge to your own patients and your own doctors, and they'll believe you faster than anybody would believe me. You've got credentials as long as your arm to back up what you're saying. Well, you know, what really has gotten through to me is experience, experience with cannabis, um, my mother, myself. Um, those were my first experiences with well, medical marijuana. And tell us, I how, did, so much. how did, when did you first experience cannabis? Well, were you a kid like I was? I was probably 14, maybe I was, I was older. I was a little bit older um, because I was just, I grew up with kind of parents that were kind of strict and and then I, and it was illegal. Yeah, of course. So you were a good girl, you know, but it's not that I was never around it. It was just by choice. And I've I've never, and ever in my lifetime, I have no room to judge people. Um, So I I was curious, but I was a little scared to be honest with you. And and when I became an adult, that's when I tried cannabis um in my 20s oh no kidding Mm -hmm. like a party or something yeah you know I I was just so curious did you get high the first time you I assumed you smoked oh yes oh yes I did what did you think about it the first time I didn't know if I liked it or not I mean obviously I liked it because I tried again but (laughs) you know I'm sure that it was not as potent as the cannabis that I can get my hands on now. Yeah. I tried it a couple of times before it ever took. And I've heard that from people. Well, you know, I wonder, Dr. Dustin Sulak, he's a DO up in Maine who has written the new Bible for clinicians. Uh, It's called the handbook of cannabis for clinicians practices and principles. And he said, you know, with this grotesque lack of cannabis in our uh, social uh, culture, Mm -hmm. that we lack the necessary cannabinoids to balance uh, our system. It's called an endocannabinoid deficiency. And so if you starve your endocannabinoid system of, you know, of course we, we make our own endocannabinoids, but Mm -hmm. if you, if you are not accustomed to having endocannabinoids or phytocannabinoids, that which grows outside in the sun, Mm -hmm. then He's suggesting, and so does Dr. Ethan Russo, you might have to prime your ECS before you ever feel that jolt like we did. Mm -hmm. Of course, we don't teach that way to start off, you know, at a party with a bunch of friends smoking your brains out. And that's what we did. You know, we had no idea what we were smoking or how much we inhaled or how many times. Oh, no, just live in life. Just living life, living <laughs> large with a bunch of friends, smoking That's dope. Right. It was so much fun. Yeah. Those were the golden days before, yeah, the stupid golden days, right? <laughs> when you know, no one wonder? had video. <laughs> I, oh, God, yes. Thank goodness. Thank oh. goodness. 
oh, I'm so glad my youth was spent before that happened. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. So anyway, sorry to go off on that little scientific jaunt, but I love those two particular doctors. Ethan Russo is so wonderful. And, And he and Dr. Sulak have the cutest relationship. He's a little, um, uh, Dr. Sulak's um, maybe 10 or 15 years younger than Ethan Russo, but you can tell when they get together on conferences, they've got this little twinkle in their eye and they start doing medical gags with each other. And it's so cute. You know, it's so cute. Well, anyway, I hope you experience that. That's I awesome. hope you do too. You know, you, um, Dr. Sulak has a monthly cannabis conference that he used to only allow his students of which I am one to attend and then when pandemic came he opened it up to the world and now the first 500 people that can get into his conference who sign up for it monthly get to get in and it's totally free amazing so yeah you can find that at healer.com H-E-A-L-E-R.com. And his book, too, the, um, yeah, I just call it the new Bible for um, clinicians because it's, it, it just frankly tells them how to be a good cannabis doctor and all the good juju behind it. So it's so important. We need our physicians to understand this because uh, it can do some amazing things. You've already turned some, uh, physicians' heads with your cannabis knowledge? I I have worked with a few physicians and um, they're like, hey, do, do what you need to do. Help these people because it improves the quality of life. If nothing else, we can prove that. It can improve your outlook on your chronic illness. It can help family members, you know, that are dealing with um, Alzheimer's and dementia patients to see some some positive changes that can be kind of scary for families to go through. Um, just so, so much that you can actually see happening. I, I love CBD. It's, you know, I wish that I had more um, CBD rich cannabis to work with here in Oklahoma. You know, high THC is, is kind of the thing. Isn't that a shame? Because, you know, the the pot that you and I smoked had maybe 13 or 14 percent THC. And what they push in the dispensaries here in Florida is 80 and 90 percent THC concentrates Mm -hmm. in um, E-pens. And so that instantly you can't microdose a (laughs) freaking vape pen. Not really. Not at that. Especially not at those concentrates. And if it's not a good, you know, at the beginning of the E-Pen thing, they were dastardly parts coming from all different kinds of places that had low quality, uh, uh, you know, uh, materials that were flaking off into the juice of the cannabis pen. Oh, that was a mess. And then oh, yeah. remember all that. Was it a, the, the vitamin E? I don't yep. know. Yeah, it was the vitamin E, which is, you know, the FDA approves for everything until you heat it up uh, to a certain 
point, and it wasn't just the vitamin E. There was another something that when you heated it up, it turned into formaldehyde. Oh, my. I know. God, well, it was just awful. We're just helping patients, aren't we? I mean, we got to remember try- We're patient. trying to, but, the, you know, people keep producing these, you know, crappy products. And so you really have to be careful. You really have to vet the way that you're going to ingest your live plant therapy, don't you? Yes, you do. You do. Um, what do you tell you? How do, how do you help your patients at first? So I, I do an assessment with my patients. Um, of course. And I, I talk to them because, of course, we go over medicines and there are interactions, obviously. And, and you know, we go over that and I, I have a little app that, you know, it's not just for me. Anyone can, can download an app to see the drug interactions and kind of give you an idea of what you need to watch out for. And Oh my God, what like an incredible that. idea. Yeah. I'm going to start suggesting that to people and it includes cannabinoids. Well, um, let me, I have to look and see exactly the name of the app. I should have prepared for that, but uh, it, it does. Oh, we'll have... talk again and catch up on all of this because you just gave me a great idea. You're so inspirational because well, a lot of people ought to have that app, don't you think? Well, yes, and it's just it's just a drug interaction. You type in your your medication, and you can and you can check and see if your even your meds have an interaction together. I mean, it goes uh, through your medications when you type them in, and and you can see. But mostly, it's the spacing that I'm teaching them how to space things appropriately. You know, you might want to not take your opioid. If I mean, a lot of patients are on opioids, and they're not going to just go off cold turkey. You know, you need to know spacing. titration and all of that yes so just general nursing things that I would teach in a clinic or Uh anywhere as a nurse Mm -hmm. just common sense practices for nurses that we can give the general public but during my assessment I go over symptoms you know what are what are the symptoms that you're trying to mitigate what are we trying what are what's our goal right right Dr. Sulak talks about doing, uh, getting your sleep in a better state to begin with. Sleep, sleep affects so much stuff. Yeah. The longer Um, you sleep, the longer you live. That's true. That's what he says. I like that. I do too. It really makes sense. It affects your cognition, especially for the Alzheimer's patient. You no know? kidding. Well, that's when your body wants to repair itself is in your sleep. It's a, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, just so much. So that's what I that's what I look at, you know, and I use my years as a nurse. Um, I worked a lot in nursing homes, uh, assisted living, home health. You know, working with a geriatric, and they have special needs, and I think that they're really open to using cannabis, but it's kind of scary. And who's there to help them? Is it? Do you do your nursing homes and elder care facilities have cannabis nurses who go into those facilities yet? We don't. Um, I am not aware of anyone, but you know, I'm only one person. Right now, right. Um, I've reached out to some assisted livings that are not federally funded, that are, you know, more cash pay. Oh, good for you. <gasps> and um, 
talked about potentially doing just some educations. You know, that's what I'm doing. I'm educating. Good for you. Good for you. I feel like caregivers are the ones that need the the education, you know. They absolutely do. They need a plan. Mm -hmm. They need a, they need a procedures and protocol. I bet you could write that for them. (gasps) Oh, Miss Jennifer. Everybody, you know, that's what's stopping even hospitals. They don't have any procedures or protocols in place to accept uh, a crash uh, victim through emergency who's uh, also a cancer patient on RSO, you know, uh, cannabis treatment for his cancer. They won't let... They won't let him bring his his cannabis in while he's in the hospital for the next six weeks with all those broken bones. Oh, this is something that I because I've uh, I've experienced that my mother who obviously she had lots of lots of ailments. Um, she used her she loved her little gummies. We used one to one gummies. Mm-hmm. She found it was the most effective for her anxiety. Mm-hmm. Helped her rest. Mm-hmm. She goes into the hospital, and when she went into the hospital, she would be there days, weeks, um, and she would hide, you know, hide her gummies, and <gasps> and t- I mean, honestly, what do you do? She'd been caught. She'd been confiscated. <laughs> Bless her it. heart, but she wasn't arrested. She was not arrested. Thank goodness. Thank goodness none of us were in trouble for that, but you know that it's, she was desperate to have her medicine and it's just a shame um that they make old people suffer because of their gd politics i mean what would you what would i rather her be on (laughs) uh the opioids that you know those cretins they, they, they put them on Ativan, things that just are not effective for that community. And that's, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not effective. I don't want to say that, but it was, it was not effective for her. I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm going to, I just came into the kitchen to fix myself a cup of cannabis tea. (laughs) So you're going to (laughs) hear different sounds and, my husband was saying, what's this? What's that? What's that? Jesus Christ, look at all the water on the counter. And I'm going, oh, this is that. <laughs> How do you make your cannabis tea? You know, Dr. Dustin Sulak and Dr. Ethan Russo again, both of them say, you know, cane of tea is really great, too, because it won't get you high. But I'm here to tell you, it will release the cannabinoids gently the acidic form gently if you um, just put it in a little hot water and swoosh it around, you know, it'll knock off some of those trichomes and they'll go down your gullet and no, it won't make you high, but goodness, sipping on cane of tea all day long like I have been for the last few days trying to get my raging uh, arthritic hand pain under control. Oh. oh, now you hear my puppy squeaking on her toy. Um, you know, it just, it has helped so much. And so I go to the dispensary and just get a little, uh, 
box of flour, you know, just cannabis, whole flour. And I'll pick a little nug or two, just little ones, not the big, glorious, bulbous flowers that, you know, the guys like to pass around and show off. (laughs) Just a little itty bitty, you know, you pull a little tiny bit off about the size of your uh, pinky fingernail little and, popcorn. and yeah just a little popcorn and that's a real good way to think of that I'm gonna use that next time thanks and um and I put a little bit of cinnamon in with it Ooh, I've got cinnamon sticks you know you just break off a little piece and put it in your strainer or any other flavor that you want nutmeg and pumpkin spice is wonderful what about and a little you, honey well, yes, but I am trying to break myself of that sweet need. Mm-hmm. And no matter how bad the cannabis is, the tea is delicious. Perfect. So I got a hold of some cannabis that had not been properly cultivated, I would say. It was not left to cure long enough. And so it still had some junk in it that made me cough every time I lit it up. And, you know, a lot of cannabis is an expectorant and it will dislodge that junk in your throat. But when you light up a a little pipe or a onesie uh, of cannabis, you should not explode into you know tear jerking right coughing spasms that you know you can't catch your breath and so uh that means that there's a problem with the cannabis and usually it's just they didn't cure it long enough so um or it could be pesticides oh goodness or fungicides or molds or mildews or bat shit you know so anyway um a little bit of cana tea to sip uh, throughout the day has really made a huge difference in that uh, pinging and snapping, rubber band snapping inside my hands. Some days I just can't even lift a piece of paper. My hands just just won't do it. I just can't. I can't. Uh, you know, I can I can lift my hand up and down or sideways, or I could use the heel of my hand like to hold on to the steering wheel. You know. Mm-hmm. But mm-mm, to grab something, mm-mm. and lately I've been drinking this cane of tea, and it has relieved me. Instead of having to go outside and puff on my onesie, or or take you know other kinds of of uh, medications. Do you have a big variety of uh, delivery methods in Oklahoma? We do, like your topicals. Oh, aren't they wonderful? They are wonderful. They make a difference. They can change your mind about cannabis real quick. Real quick. And I tried a transdermal patch once on my sacroiliac. And I'm here to tell you, my neurologist that I went to, instead of telling me that I needed surgery, Mm -hmm. he told me to go get uh, some RSO and a gel patch and cut that gel patch in half. And that, my dear was my prescription from him. Now, isn't that the way it's supposed to go? 
Absolutely. I was blown away too. I really, really was. And I talked about it for a long time after that happened. I think I even did a show about it. I had a gentleman that he was like, I'm not going to smoke that stuff. It's just not going to happen. We tried some salve. He's like, I have back in my hands. You know? Oh my gosh. <gasps> he said, I'm sold. This is, this is great. You know, I mean, it surely will. That's awesome. I'm. I'd like to find um, uh, some brand that doesn't always put the same eucalyptus or something in it. Yeah. I know euca- I know eucalyptus makes the absorption better, and that's why so many that those you know kinds of medicines and salves and stuff have it in it. But whew, it's dinky. Yeah, it's not my favorite either. I do. Have you tried any cannabis medicine uh, makeup yet? No. <laughs> that sounds great. Did you know that the store the store called Sephora? Are you familiar with that fancy sh- shop? Oh, my little heart's just pitter pattering already, just talking about it. Well, they came out with some makeup that's stamped with a cannabis leaf on it, and every single one of the names of the different beautiful shades of eyeshadow. Uh, have a cannabis name like Granddaddy Kush or, you know, Twisted Orange or something like that. Fun. It is so cute. And I was just hoping that we could, uh, you know, convince Sephora to start putting some real cannabinoids in their makeup and make some damn... Hey, my friends. Have you seen my website lately? I haven't told anybody yet, and it's not quite finished, but you're the very first to hear it. I just want to share with a few friends, please. It's so pretty, and I'm so proud of it. Please visit my new site at cannabiverum.com. I'll leave a link for you in my show notes and la la la, but oh, go see my website. And I've never asked this before, but... I'm building a podcast audience and my marketing exposure grows with your views and likes and comments. It would be so helpful if you could take a moment to like my show, download any of my helpful free cannabis tools from my website, navigating your way through this era of cannabis discovery, and visit my resource page where you'll find trusted friends in the industry. Thank you for joining the Cannabiverum family. We love learning scientific truths together from real doctors and nurses and real pharmacists and advocates like me. Don't forget, visit my brand new website at cannabiverum.com and be sure and leave some love while you're there. Thanks so much. Our conversation got so juicy, we just couldn't shut up. So you're going to get to hear the rest of the story next episode. Thank you so much for joining Cannabiverum today. Miss Jennifer and I loved having you be a fly on our wall. Won't you come back and join us again? See you next time. You've been listening to another Cannabiverum podcast with 21st century cannabis shaman, Honey Smith Walls, that's me, about the importance of using verifiably safe products.
The process of becoming diagnosed for problems and taking your records to a cannabis specialist can lead you to the correct cannabinoid therapy for those issues. Otherwise, you're just your own guinea pig looking for answers without any foundational knowledge or ability to determine the best choices or strategies. To find help in a cannabis expert in your area, visit CannabisClinicians.org. That's CannabisClinicians.org. And unless otherwise proven by a reputable third-party lab test, please be advised that all street weed is contaminated. It may do grave harm to a patient with a delicate immune system who already has inflammatory issues like arthritis, IBS, fibromyalgia, or worse. It would mean the world to me for you to join my dear audience. If you subscribe to the podcast, you won't miss the latest news about cannabis, straight from the source. And if you subscribe to my newsletter, you'll be part of a project to understand the effects of cannabis on the public. Your anecdotal cannabis testimonies are priceless to me. So it's not just you learning, it's me learning what you need to learn. Then I can make that happen for you and show you the way without being repetitive for those advanced patients. Ah, there's so much to learn, and it's fascinating. Come on along on this cannabis journey with us and be part of a real-time study. I'll report back to the scientists about you, informally of course, and they'll report their new discoveries to us. I love this synergy in the heart of the moment. You'll find medical citations posted on my podcast blog when you visit to subscribe at cannabaverum.com. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-A. V-E-R-U-M dot com.